So Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. And Paul is writing here, and he's talking about the fact that he's in prison. And it, this is something I've alluded to before, but we hadn't looked at the, the Scripture verses on it. And it really ties into some of the things that are happening right now uh, in our country and, and some of the things we're seeing where... Uh, like we were talking about this movie Noah that's out, and then there's also the movie The Son of Man, and then there's also the movie God's Not Dead. Um, and and uh, I saw someone post on Facebook the other day, boy, I got the, oh, these several of these movies, you know, I want to go see, and I don't know which ones, you know, and stuff. And 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 as we were discussing, you know, some of them um, are definitely pointing towards Jesus and have a strong Christian theme, like this God's Not Dead is is a really neat one. Um, and then some of them like the Son of Man, is dealing with Jesus, but even the title tells you this, it's more of a focus on him being... Is that Son of Man or Son of God? Well, I'm saying Son of Man because I'm thinking they're focusing more on being a man than God. <laughs> I mean, the actual title. Yeah, the actual title is Son of God. Okay. Um, I, know, I was going to see if anybody caught that. Um, but uh, And then, you know, kind of changing the whole idea of it, you know, you got to remember that the individuals that uh, did that are Roman Catholic, and within the Roman Catholic uh, teaching, Mary is not only the son of Jesus, she's also the son of God. Oh, she was without sin and blah, blah, blah. She was, she was born immaculately. She was born without sin, and she ascended into heaven, and she's the queen of heaven, and therefore you can go to her for intercession because, hey, who better to get Jesus to do what you want him to do than his mother? Uh, and that's kind of their, their thought process and, and um, kind of their um, theology and ideas of that, which is totally unscriptural um, and just wrong. There is one mediator between God and man, and that's the man Christ Jesus. It's very clear in Scripture. Um, and so the, it, within the Roman Catholic Church, though, they'll go to the priests, they'll go to Mary, they'll go to saints, they'll go to all these different things as intercessors, as ones to be the one to go to God. And again, that's, that's their thought process. And it, and it makes a little bit of sense in their thought process in saying they have patron saints or they have saints of a certain area. So like this one's the, the patron saint of lost causes. So, you know, that'd be one that Lynn would pray to a lot or, or something. Uh, you know, and, and they think, well, this individual experienced a lot of, you know, hopelessness in their life. So they know how to help you with that. Um, they, they've actually, uh, when I had the bookstore, they would come and get a statue of, I think it was St. Joseph, and they buried it in their backyard because he was like a patron saint of real estate or something. I don't remember exactly how that worked. But then that would help you sell your house, you know, because St. Joseph was buried in the backyard. I'm not exactly sure how that works out. Um, but so when they when they make the movie, uh, The Son of God, then their, their thought process and their ideas uh, in a tradition-based religion, which is what Roman Catholicism is, they don't have to worry about staying literal to the scripture or following it exactly because it's a tradition. And so as long as they're getting the traditions out there and they're kind of getting, you know, ideas about them, then, you know, it's okay. You know, they can they can deal with it rather loosely. Um, that's their thought process around it, which as um, uh, what individuals that are not in their own Catholic Church would consider Protestantism or protesting against that whole idea. Don't the Catholics believe that their tradition is on par with Scripture? Scripture is a tradition. Yeah. So, I think so, yeah, tradition is, it's a tradition-based religion. Scripture is just another tradition. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not, Scripture doesn't, is not above tradition it's the same and really actually if you get right down to it the words of the pope 
would have more authority He's and power. Christ, yeah, because he is but Christ then he on says, earth. Who am I to judge? Well, you're the picture of Christ. Yeah. yeah. What do I know? It's very interesting. Um, and then you got this movie, like this movie Noah. That's a Hollywood thing, and they're all, you know, their focus is, you know, God's gonna get you if you don't watch out what you drive, or you know, you got to take care of the earth. You know, what kind of an environmental this type theme. And, and within all these things, as a broader context, I just want to look at this situation in Philippians uh, chapter 1, beginning in verse 12, where Paul says, Now I want you to know, I'm reading from the New International Version, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. And he's talking about how he was put in prison. He says, As a result... It has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. First of all, when he went to prison, uh, here he is in prison, and now where he is held in prison, all of the guard, all the ones there are saying, you know what, he's in prison, but he's in prison because of Christ. He's not really in prison because he did anything wrong. He's not in prison because he broke some law. He's in prison because of Christ. And they're starting to see, wait a minute. As a matter of fact, even within this statement, there's some understanding that they would be saying, he's really not guilty. He just believes some things different than I. Or he's just, you know, um, you know. okay, I want to worship uh, Apollos or whatever their god is that they, that they have in their traditions. This guy's just... He's got this Messiah he's into. Um, and, and that's really important. Um, one of the aspects of when we think about prisoners and we think about Jesus saying, when I was in prison, you came to visit me. Um, more and more, we haven't seen it quite as much in this country yet. We've seen some. But more and more, we'll see where individuals will go to jail because of Christ. Not because they did anything wrong, really but because of Christ, because they're standing on the Word of God as the Word of God, because they're saying right is right, wrong is wrong, uh, because they're saying there is one way into heaven, which is Jesus. Uh, they're saying things that are from the Scripture that are true, and then the people around and the governments around saying, no, 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 you can't do that, that's hate speech, that's this, yeah, and that's throwing them in prison. Yeah. Right. And that's the time that we're entering into now. Uh, and so more and more, and that's where Jesus says, when I was in prison, did you come and visit me? If we have friends and neighbors and loved ones, especially people near us that go to prison because of Christ and things they're doing right, we really need to go visit them and say, I want to be identified with this person in prison. But you can't visit them. Have you ever tried to visit someone that you weren't related to? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> true. <You can. laughs> yeah, they do make. They're your brother or sister in Christ. You are related. Yeah, <laughs> that's my brother. <laughs> I'll document it. <laughs> There's a bloodline. That's the way I introduced Glenn. Remember, is my brother in Christ. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Praise the Lord. Yeah, it was great seeing him. Um, so let's go on from there because uh, I want to get to. I want to show you something real quick here. Um, because of my chains, and this is verse 14, most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. The time we're in, greater and greater persecution going on the church, greater and greater persecution going on those that stand on the word of God. Now, if you're wishy-washy about it, 
And you're saying, okay, well, you know, God kind of changes a little bit. You know, I heard, I heard one guy that claimed to be a minister, and he said, well, if Jesus was alive today, he would say it differently because, you know, times have changed, and, you know, knowledge progresses, and, you know, just all kinds of rubbish. I mean, just new age, humanistic kind of thinking. And it's like, no, if Jesus said it, he meant it, it's true. <laughs> he doesn't have to change what he said. He's the Word of God. <laughs> it's living. It's living, and it's active. We get new revelations sometimes from it. We understand it better and deeper, but it doesn't change what it is. It doesn't change what it says. We just understand it better. Um, and and his uh, that, that one that I was thinking of was one that uh, supported homosexuality. And he's like, well, Jesus was talking, you know, it's some one man, one woman. Well, I'll, today he would say, you know, two men, two women, you know, he, you know, Jesus didn't know what he was talking about, you know. And it's like those kind of people are being embraced more and more by the world. But those that stand on the word of God will be persecuted more and more. And our reaction to that should be, as we see individuals go to prison for the Lord's sake, like I was able to share, you know, that uh, just a few weeks back when we had the snow and everything and we didn't have service here, I got to go to another service and the individual that shared there had just gone to prison uh, because of sharing the gospel of Christ in a nation that he's been going to for like 27 years, I think it was, or was it 37? And they put him in prison because they said, well, he violated his visa. What did he do? He talked about Jesus. <laughs> well, that's not what your visa says. And he goes and he rescues women out of the brothels uh, that have been sold as sex slaves. Um, and uh, shared a really appointed story about a seven-year-old girl that was rescued out of there that maybe I'll share it another time. Um, but uh, as, as we see that, our reaction should be to be more and more bold, more and more courageous, more and more fearless, and saying, maybe I'll be blessed enough to be honest and true to the scripture, to where God will throw me in prison. <laughs> hey, if you're really blessed, you'll be martyred. Blessed are you when you're persecuted for my name's sake, because great is your reward in heaven. Great reward, good idea. Persecution gets it. <laughs> oh, hmm. <laughs> James and uh, John want to sit on the right hand and the left of Jesus. Well, can you drink of the cup? The person that sits on my left and right is going to drink of my cup and be baptized with my baptism. They are going to be martyred. There is no way anyone's going to sit on my right and left that isn't martyred. Great is the reward in heaven. Um, so he goes on to say then, and, and uh, this is more where I want to focus. Uh, verse 15 it is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so in love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. And here Paul is saying, you know, here he's in prison, and some of the individuals that know him and love him, man, they're going to preach to God more boldly. They're going to preach Christ. They're going to talk about the Messiah. They're going to say Jesus is the Messiah. He suffered. He died. He rose again. He's seated at the right hand of God the Father. You're pure, you persecuted him, but God exalted him. And then others say, hey, maybe I can get Paul in trouble if I go around talking about this same Jesus he's talking about, talking about the Messiah. And don't you know some of those probably weren't accurate in the way they preach Christ. I, I, would, I don't see how they would be. Why would they be? 
You know, they could say other, you know, Jesus said he was going to destroy the temple and, and build it in three days. You know, use some of the same accusations that people used against Jesus. Oh, Jesus was disrespectful. Jesus, oh, he did all this stuff. You know, he was going to take away the, oh. And I don't know exactly what they preached, but I can just imagine that was some of the things they did. And what does Paul say about that? In verse uh, 18, he says, but what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached, and because of this, I rejoice. He says, you know what? These guys are so wrong in their motivation. They're wrong. Some of them would try to preach Christ and they'd try to be all eloquent and they'd be good. Maybe I could get Paul's position. <laughs> Maybe I can get on salary at the church if I preach Christ better than he did. He ended up in prison. You know what? I'll preach Christ, but I'll water it down a little bit so I don't get persecuted and they don't come after me. I'll, I'll add a little circumcision with it. I'll add some of the food laws. I'll, you know, I'll mix a little bit of that Judaism in there because that's the main persecution Paul has. We'll just kind of, you know, it's okay. It's still Christ I'm preaching. And you know, wrong motives, wrong message. Paul says, man, in every way, <laughs> Christ is being preached. And I will rejoice in that. And as hard as it is for me, to take that kind of position when I see some of the movies that come out and some of the shows and uh, even even one of the ones that did uh, this Bible movie and the Son of God movie, they were in touch by an angel. And I know my mom and dad loved that show and I watched it a few times and I just, I had no interest in it because they, they would talk about things that were just so unscriptural and stuff. I mean, it was, you know, a nice movie and it was wholesome or whatever and all that kind of stuff. But, but I, I saw one and they said, well, cherubim are baby angels. I'm like, cherubim are not baby angels. As a matter of fact, do you ever look at what some of the angels and some of the beasts around the throne of God look like? They're not little soft babies with red cheeks and little wings and a diaper on. They're not little cupids floating around with bows and arrows. They're ferocious. And they're just, I mean, eyes all over, faces of ox and lion and man. And oh man, yeah, they're baby angels. No, there's no baby angels. And the problem is, is that so many people will get their understanding of the Bible. They'll take what they see on a screen. They'll take what they see in a movie. They'll take what they see on television. They'll take what they hear on the radio. And they say, well, that's what the Bible says. How do you know it? Because I saw it in the movie Noah. <laughs> Did you look in the Bible? Did you see what the scripture said? But I try to take this position that Paul says, and you know what? In every way. Wrong, good, bad, ugly, at least people are talking about God. At least people are talking about some of the things from the Bible. And I know that my Creator is able to take some of those things that the enemy intends for evil and to lead people in different ways and turn it for good. So I'll rejoice. Even though I may have to hold my nose when I do it. <laughs> Because at least Christ is being talked about. At least Christ is being preached. At least people are thinking about, oh, God might get me if I'm evil. Of course, they think evil is, you know, whether you drive an SUV or something. <laughs> but for some people, you know what? God will take that seed that was planted and say, yeah, but Jesus' love can set you free from that judgment day. And, I, and my prayer is that when people go see this movie Noah, they'll start thinking about judgment and they'll start thinking about God and they'll search for the truth because you know what? 
if you seek him, you will find him. And part of the great revival that is coming, even in our nation, God's going to use some of that stuff that's out there to make more and more people want to seek and come and run. And then when something happens, when this disaster happens, when this storm comes, when these troubles in their life come, they'll say, what does it mean? Where's God? Just like at 9-11, when the planes crashed into the towers or were flowing into the towers or however you want to say it, people flocked to the churches for a week or two weeks or three weeks and and it's done. <laughs> but I believe there's a time where they're going to be seeking so much that they're going to be no, I want to know yeah. the truth. Because when they know the truth, they'll be set free. And when you're set free, you know you don't have chains anymore. Right. If you're walking around with chains on, you can feel them. They weight you down. You'll get used to them after a while. But I'll tell you what, when they let go, whoo, you yeah, jump up. Right. I, I went into a gas station once and this guy came up, came in and he's like, I'm free, I'm free. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, man, I was in prison for the last three days and I got out today. I'm free, I'm free. I'm like, boy, it would be great if more believers had that kind of attitude. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But thankfully, in the world we're in today, also believers are using media and presentation to be able to present truth. And so I want to share this video with you today by Ray Comfort.